<laughs> We're going to be joined by Trash Can Sam. Yeah. What? And Spermicide <laughs> Jelly. Wait. Whoa. Wait, what? Sorry. <laughs> are we recording? Oh, shit. We are. Who <laughs> was that? <laughs> you are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, Woo-hoo! episode 200. Made it 200 episodes and we haven't killed each other. There was much rejoicing. The episode's not over yet. Yay. We were talking about zero killers a few minutes ago. Yeah, well. So we were. That's I true. think Greg was taking notes, actually. <laughs> Greg knew uh, a shocking amount, actually. <laughs> we're He's been planning a... shit, I think. <laughs> we're going to have to put a pin in that. We're gonna... <laughs> <laughs> we might have to circle back around to that. Actually, Greg might put a pin in someone, so there's... Oh, shit. <clears throat> this is a side A episode of the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. We're going to talk about, well, normally we talk about pop culture, entertainment news, movies, music, books, whatever caught our eye. We're going to talk about forgetting to change the script. My bad. Yeah, we're going to talk about something a little bit different today. Being that it is our 200th episode, we're going to talk about some of our favorite things. It's kind of a throwback to our very first episode in which we talked about some of the things that made a lasting impression on us as we were growing up. My name is Wesley, and I'm joined by Jim. Hey. And Eddie. <laughs> yes. That's the, These are all hint names. You guys get to try to figure out what we're going to be talking about based on those names. I or think it's you very can. obvious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to talk about my love for Ed McMahon. Oh, yeah. Here's Johnny. And I'm going to talk about my love for Jim McMahon. (laughs) 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 You are correct, sir. Oh, the headbands. (laughs) One thing that gets the person that doesn't like sports at all going, it's the 85 Bears. Taking a step, I'm sorry. I did it at the wrong time. Um, let's see. I want to say, yeah, we're gonna spoil things. It's gonna happen because the stuff that we're talking about, um, it's it's been around for a while. So, um, as always, we're gonna try to avoid major twists, but we're talking about stuff that's decades, decades old. So you've probably seen it. You've most, I'm going to guess you've definitely heard of it. Um, We obviously recommend it because these are things that that influenced us. Um, But just be aware, spoilers, for sure. Um, Except on the album. Well, one of them is an album. uh, But we do it out of love. So uh, in this case, um, I don't want to spoil too much. Actually, even even with mine... mm, I don't know that it's we're really going to get all spoilery yeah. in this episode. That's true. We're, we're going to get very personal. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's a better way to put it. 
But spoilers are, could could happen is the is the basic gist of what I'm trying like to I say. Like I did with Greg's shoes last night. Mm. Ew. Uh, that explains some things. <laughs> Sadly, it doesn't, and I. I have I don't want four to pet. I have four pets living in my house. Anything that happens on my shoes is going to get licked off by the time I put on my shoes. So gross. So I'm good. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll just know not to kiss, to kiss the Frenchie on the face tonight. <laughs> I'm good. Aww. Okay. Anyway, uh, we're going to start off with our regular stuff, uh, our news. And I, did any of you guys find any news? I did not. I didn't. I didn't look a whole lot. Uh, for this week, just because we were doing episode 200, and I was focusing a little bit more. I mean, I did grab some Florida news. Okay, so I will I will start off with a little bit of news that jumped up. So first of all, let's do a little bit of podcast news. Um, we are taking a break next week, and that is because we have, from what I have read all over the place and talked to people, uh, the 200th episode is actually the cutoff on a lot of podcast providers uh, for a, a season. So if you kind of keep going it kind of the numbering makes it so older episodes start dropping off uh with different with some of the providers um i haven't so next week i have to do a lot of research and kind of and adjust some things and we might come back as a season two a week from now uh, or it'll still be season one either way if something weird happens with your with your uh, software and all of a sudden you're seeing like a weird numbering um just look at the date and you'll see what's going on and we're going to discuss different things for the show and things we can add and take out and you know so if there is stuff that you in fact are interested in hearing or talking about or doing or wanting more of or less of feel free to message us give me five podcast at gmail.com uh you can title that email less rob less rob well rob and i were talking about a why greg sucks segment oh excellent (laughs) Figured, for fun. I figured the people would for fun. like that. Give the people what they want. Yeah. It's all about the people. <laughs> so that is one little bit of news. Uh, another little bit of news. Uh, a podcast favorite of ours, Guillermo del Toro. Uh, we like him. At least I like him. I don't know if you guys do. But... Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, he has announced the casting and the episodes for his show, Cabinet of Curiosities, which we talked i think it was a book that he did called cabinet curiosities but now he's going to do a uh, anthology series uh, that is going to be on netflix so it's going to be awesome but the cast and the directors and writers are pretty damn good um so it's a bunch of different episodes it's uh there's gonna be eight little horror uh, movies and genre bending movies we got um Essie Davis is going to be directing one. She did the Babadook, 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 mm. Babadook. which is yeah. which is very good, if not extraordinarily depressing. Um, but starring Andrew Lincoln from The Walking Dead, and uh, it will be actually written. The original story is written by Del Toro himself. Uh, F. Murray Abraham, who is in Mythic Quest and of course Amadeus and a bunch of other things. Uh, is going to be in an episode written by David S. Goyer. Who wrote? Uh, do you know the name David S. Goyer or David Goyer? Why does that sound familiar? It does sound familiar, but I don't know it. Because he wrote The Dark Knight, uh-huh. and he wrote, and he wrote Blade. I think the original Blade, or possibly the new one. I'm not. I didn't actually look this up. Um, but he's going to do be directing one. Dark Knight, huh? Eh. Yep. 
Just kidding. Just kidding. We are also going to be looking for a new third host. <laughs> one, one with actual taste. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson, who was in uh, Watchmen and Ballad of Buster Struggs. He is going to be um, starring in one uh, based on another story by Guillermo del Toro. But I'm just going to read the names. Uh, Peter Weller, who is Robocop, will be in one. But the Peter Weller one is directed by Panos Cosmatos, who did Mandy. Crispin Glover, Back to the Future. Uh, mm -hmm. From Back to the Future, he's doing one based on a short story by some dude named H.P. Lovecraft. Never heard of him. Who's that? <laughs> uh, he was the 13th president. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> right between, uh, he was he was there right after Cal Ripken. But and Clive before, Barker. <laughs> but before, um, uh, 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 <laughs> but I, I do history. <laughs> I was trying to remember the name of that one, uh, that one fat chef that was like the for one of the first celebrity chefs. Mario Vitale. No, no, before him, like eighties. Oh, I don't. Yeah. Anyway, Pavarotti. <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> Pavarotti. <laughs> he makes We're a good pasta. 200 episodes and nothing we got right at all. Uh, Why start now? <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so there, there's that. Uh, let's see. David Hewlett, who I, who was in Shape of Water, he's going to do one based on a short story by Henry, Henry Kuttner, who I don't know. And uh, there is one. Oh, there's one that's going to be directed by Anna Lily Armapour, who who wrote uh, who who directed Girl Walks Home Alone, also directed The Bad Batch, which angered us. But uh, some of the other episodes are uh, some of the other things that she's done are pretty good. Oh, so. <laughs> I was like, no, I thought we liked that. No, we we did we did not. I well, I was thinking about the Bad Batch cartoon. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We, we, that was the the movie with the random Keanu Reeves ness, and oh, yeah. you yeah, mean yeah, the yeah. random Jim Carrey ness? The Jim Carrey, yeah, yeah. The, the, I don't the, think Keanu the, was in that. No, the unrecognizable Jim Carrey, isn't that? I thought yeah. that Keanu was the yeah, kind of was the uh, was like the Zen Buddha guy in the town, if I remember correctly. Oh, was he? I don't know. I blocked that movie out. <laughs> so that's that. I, and, I thought you uh, meant the cartoon as well. I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, <clears throat> sorry, no, different Bad Batch, not the not the Star Wars Bad Batch, which I has been, which was very good this first season. So that is one little bit of news. Another little bit of news is that we, speaking of Blade, which I just mentioned earlier, we have a director for the Blade movie that's coming out. It's kind of they've sort of announced everything else from Marvel recently, but that's the one thing they did not announce. Mm -hmm. Uh, who direct, who's directing the movie. Um, and it is, as announced on the Playlist podcast, it could have been announced at the Gibby 5 podcast first, but no. Um, <laughs> it, uh, let's see. Uh, Bassam Tariq, who I do not know, but um, he... I do not know that name either. No, for yeah. sure. But he uh, he's well known for a, a, a drama called uh, Mogul Mowgli which was uh, starring and written with uh, Riz Ahmed, who, uh, well, you know him from uh, Rogue One. He was the pilot, the the Bodhi. Imperial pilot. Yeah. Bodhi Rook. Yeah, and he was also in The Sound of 
Silence? Sound of Thunder? Sound of... No. The the drummer movie that was up for Sound an Academy of, That's it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, what was it called again? Uh, Damn it. Yeah. I, I have... You would think I would have seen that. I haven't seen it yet because it's... A drummer losing his hearing is too depressing for me, but... Um, okay, apparently Andy. it's fantastic. Yeah. So, but those are those are my little bits of news that I found while sitting in Florida. <laughs> Funny you should mention Florida. <laughs> I I have a question for you, gentlemen. Sound I, of metal, by the way. Sound of metal. I I know it's been a while, but. When you go on a first date, what do you do to try and impress your date on a first date? Uh, field strip a deer. <laughs> um, just to let her know impressive. that I'm not. Just, just to let her know I'm not a murderer. I show her my impressive uh, hole digging apparatuses <laughs> and my tarp and duct taped collection. <laughs> you are a smooth, uh, smooth guy. That's why you have a lot of first dates and not very many second dates, right? Uh, I don't want to answer that question on recording. What about you, Omar? I mean, you know. If I uh, don't say something ridiculously embarrassing or, uh, you know, make some kind of ass of myself, I'm I'm happy. I, I just, I kind of go off the vibe of the, you know. The lady, and uh, and, well, ho- and hope things turn out for the best. Well, you want to see my knife collection? <laughs> today, actually, that's what that's what Rob does. Actually, today's entrant in WTF, welcome to Florida, is one Taylor William Beverly. His idea of trying to impress his date on a first date was to go on a high-speed chase with the police on his motorcycle with her on the back, fleeing from the police. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah, he he ran a red light, made eye contact with the police, and then sped away as the police tried to pull him over. Um, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> at one point, the police uh, broke off the chase as he was running through traffic um, and running multiple additional red lights at well over 100 miles per hour. While, I, I, while I'll let you know, his date was screaming at him to stop. He just kept going. Finally, they <laughs> caught him. They, they, they finally subdued him and um, caught up with him. And when they... When he was uh, when he was asked about it, he said, "I was just I was just trying to impress my my date." How'd that go? <clears throat> um, I think she was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> weird. Um, I, that's weird. Why? I don't get it. <laughs> he was trying to show off for his date, and she was screaming for him to stop, but he refused. So I'm gonna guess that um that is not going to get a second date. Um he did get a felony charge for fleeing the police. 
while displaying a wanton disregard for the safety of persons or property. Yeah, I... Uh, the pandemic has got people doing weird stuff, you know? Like, we've been locked no, down. No, that's, Flor- we, that's Florida. I don't we, understand. We, that's no weirder than the other stories <laughs> we've talked about for the past three years. That's fair. <laughs> well, but just just the idea that, that oh, I'm going to impress my date by fleeing from the police. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm really, I would be very interested to know the numbers of people that flee from the police and how many times are they actually successful? Because the second you hit the gas or run or do whatever, what is going through your head? Like, they know who you are. They probably have your license and license plate already at that point. Like, the success rate pro- for longer than a few you know hours or so probably can't be very high. Well, the thing that kills me is this guy didn't really have – it doesn't seem like this guy had much of a record. Uh, and uh, and he was gonna be pulled, and he intentionally, he intentionally got police to chase him. I'm like, are you effing kidding me? You chicks dig the fast guys. <laughs> Whatever. This guy's a fucking moron. <laughs> I've always he deserves that, that felony conviction. Good for him. I- I've he'll have, now that. have a felony on his record. Good luck getting jobs. But I've wondered that too. Like when you're running from the cops. What's your end game? You got to go home sometime. Well, <clears throat> no, I figure, you know, I'll get away and then they'll just forget about it. No big deal. What could go wrong? Yeah. Uh, I, I've always wondered that too. Like, wh- where do you think you're going? I know that that, that does happen down here in South Florida, Fairmount. Like, um, you know, Fort Lauderdale, Miami. You got all these guys on these like super fast motorcycles. You know, I-95, whatever o'clock in the morning. You can't, you can't get them. The cops can't catch yeah. them because they can just go in between cars and get away. Like it's, they do get away off like fairly often, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there I can go. tell you just driving around here, from where I am south. I mean, I'll just be on like a regular road by like the mall, you know, and there's some dude doing a wheelie. <laughs> Between cars, yeah. Like, for like a mile. <laughs> like, literally. I mean, I've seen it on roads that you guys have driven on regularly uh, around here. And it's just shocking to me. I'm like, you're not going to fall backwards and bust yourself open. You don't care if there's a cop. You don't care if you're, like, scaring another, like, motorist. Like, no. They just kind of do their thing. Yeah. I don't know. And uh, those are people uh, that I do not feel sorry for when they end up in the hospital. I, I kind of don't either. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like I feel bad saying it to some degree, but like, come on, man, you're in, you're in yeah. like a civilized whatever society. Uh, go do that. Go do that on a track somewhere. I'm sure there's a track for that somewhere. There must be. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Now I sound like an old man. Yeah. So, uh, dinner dinner was great. Uh, do you know where I can get some quick lime at this hour and maybe some air fresheners? <laughs> like that's that's usually the way the dates get <laughs> some air. <laughs> I don't even I don't even remember dating. It's been a very very long time. Uh, well, let's we do our thing. We do need to get Greg out and get and get him on more dates with his wife, mind you, not with not with uh, not with random um, 
people that Victims? he takes trash Any? bags and duct tape. Um, but he does need <laughs> he does need support for his supplies. And if you would like to support Greg's habit for duct tape and trash bag, I mean a, a nice one of those like freezer things for the um, the garage. You know, like the the one that the lid opens up. Mm-hmm. Rob, we like, should they, stop they have a couple Greg side. from talking. No, no, no just let it time. go. It's all right. <laughs> Like one of those that you can put in the garage. It's oh, it. Uh, I mean, if you'd like to replace Greg as a host on this show, just send your resume. I don't resume. know how many. To... <laughs> I don't know the size of those things, but I'm thinking about eight or nine drifters. Big. I mean, uh, eight anyway, or nine feet. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, feet, feet, not drifters. When he gets out of prison, wow. podcasts will be a thing of the past. <laughs> they won't even be around yeah. anymore. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, go on. So, how can you help me? Well, you can join our Patreon. Become a patron of our of our wonderful little podcast here. And ju- for just $5, you get invited to our Discord chat where we have all kinds of riveting conversations about Greg's Drifters. Um, you get early access to the movie that we'll be reviewing. You get early access to the top five list. You even get to submit your own top five list. You also get a birthday episode where we make a custom top five list about you. Hopefully, it is wildly inaccurate and a lot of fun. If it is accurate, we're sorry, and you probably belong in jail. <laughs> Are, do we have any coming up, by the way? Anybody know? I don't know, actually. Uh, Mr. Scott somewhere. is actually in October. Oh. Sweet. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Will it be before? Uh, never mind. I'll, we'll figure that out. <laughs> There are higher okay. ranges where you'll get access to show notes. You get to come on and join us for an episode where you curate your own episode. And you can find all of that at patreon.com slash give me five podcast. Yes. Well, as we said, we are going to be reviewing some of the things that made us fall in love with various aspects of pop culture. Uh, we've got two movies and an album. Omar, would you like to start off with with uh, a movie, or do you want... Uh... That, that's fine. Yeah. Um, that's fine. I can start. <clears throat> First thing I want to say is that all of, all the things that were picked by the three of us, I love very, very much for very, very different reasons. Um, the thing that I picked was pivotal. So here I am, the late 80s. Um... I'm 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 big time getting into music as a I guess it's called a tween now, right? Mm-hmm. Um but I'm getting I'm into stuff like Metallica and you know the stuff that was popular at the time, Bon Jovi and things like that. And um my father the whole time as I'm growing up, he's talking about stuff like <clears throat> Creedence Clearwater Revival and Led Zeppelin, so I'm aware of this stuff, but I I'm not yet there. You know, um, and as I get into, as I, I'm in middle school and as I get into, um, uh, these, this, this music and I'm getting more and more into, I I wasn't a musician yet, but I eventually got there. Um, March, I believe it was March 1st, 1991. My birthday's March 2nd, right? So I'm all excited because I had seen a commercial for the movie, the doors. Mm-hmm. Now I only had a passing understanding of 
who they were. I didn't really, I wasn't really a, I, I, I didn't really get it. I hadn't really heard much, maybe one or two things on the radio, but I, I understood that there was this magical time. I was wrong about that. But, you know, the 60s with all these great, with this great music and stuff, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go see The Doors, right? So I go see it, and it's an Oliver Stone movie, which I'll get into in a second. Um, and very literally, I mean, this sounds ridiculous, but from that moment on, my entire whatever just changed. Like your worldview. The, it really, it really did. Um, it's really interesting. You know, at that age, you're really susceptible to the things that you see and the, and the, the pop culture that you're aware of. And, um, it, it brought into focus this whole other time period that had a completely different mindset that I, I hadn't, I had never really been exposed to. And I mean, almost from that day on, you know, I, I, I very literally changed as far as my musical taste, but it also changed the way that I viewed the world. So I remember, um, I, 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 I remember I started immediately watching like older documentaries about Jim Morrison and about the doors. And I remember one of the, this is one of the most pivotal things that has ever happened to me. I remember in one, um, I think it was a, I can't remember if it was the, the, the book, no one here gets out alive or if it was a, if it was a, a, um, a documentary about them. But I remember somebody saying that Jim always had a book in his hand. And that was the first time I remember thinking, you know what, reading and being smart is actually cool. Being the idiot in the room, that's not cool. And when you're in, when you're in middle school, you, you don't think of, of the world like that. You don't think of it like that. And I thought, man, you know what? That actually got me to, to, the, to the point where I was just like reading all the time. And that affected, that affected the rest of my life. And that- I, I've always, it's funny that you say that because that's one of my biggest pet peeves. When someone proudly says, I don't know some, anything about that, like as an educator or like any, like when people are proud that they're ignorant about stuff drives me nuts. Yeah. I completely agree with you. When they when they have no when they're showing no curiosity, but you know, like if it's like I don't know anything about that, can you show me? That's fine. That, it, that, that's okay, that's exactly that's what I was gonna say. You're 100 percent right. When you say with a degree of humility or realism, listen, you know, I don't this particular topic. I don't really know a lot, so I'm gonna kind of withhold my opinion because I don't get it. That's one thing. But when you're like, I don't need no stinking education. I that's. I ain't know nothing about no dirty dancing. Yeah, that I I can't I can't stand that. I, I that makes me absolutely nuts. And where I got my love of learning, in a weird way, is from this movie and the trajectory that it set me on. But not only that, but the music was amazing. So I started buying. I remember my first Doors album was uh, that I bought on CD. Those are little shiny discs that you play music on. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I, think, I think he took I think he took too much LSD. What is he talking about? So my favorite, you know, the first album I ever bought was Morrison Hotel, and it was just great. Like I, I mean, I listened to nothing but The Doors for like the next year and a half, two years. Like I mean, exclusively, you know. But that that changed. This movie was so pivotal to me because it changed my entire worldview. Now the interesting thing that I found out later 
This is a um, an Oliver Stone movie. I didn't know it at the time, but Oliver Stone is known for, shall I say, stretching the truth. Um, he he does do he does that in this movie a little bit. I mean he um, he sort of plays up that. Jim Morrison maybe rewrites history a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I remember there's one particular scene where, without getting into details, it doesn't matter. But he, he sort of combines two different events and puts them into like one scene in the movie. I don't have a problem with that because you're making a movie and you, you're, you're pressed for time and you're, and you're making a, 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 a you're, you're trying to set a, a character that was a real person, not just a made up character, and you're trying to give, um, a lot of info in 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 a two hour time frame or two hour two and a half hour time frame, and I get that. I'm okay with that. But the whole like that Morrison swagger and like the way that he like over you know Val Kilmer Kilmer by the way is excellent as Jim Morrison. I'm not saying I'm not taking anything away from the character. I mean Honestly, from the actor. He's excellent in most things that he, he's done. He is excellent in most things. You're correct. But it's still that overblown media version of what Jim Morrison was right compared to maybe what the real I mean and I'm just obviously you know when he died I wasn't born for another five years so obviously I don't know him personally I never had a chance but from all the things that I've read and stuff like that he wasn't quite as overblown as he was in the movie but that's just a quick aside but for me the doors that's that's one of the pivotal moments for me in my life um, that I just, I had to bring up when, 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 when this idea came out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's my, sorry. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's yeah, really I'm, interesting. I'm looking it up right now. The budget for this movie was 32 million and the box office came in at 34.4. Like it barely made any money. I didn't realize that. I didn't know that. Well, definitely made money back when it comes to merchandise sales. My my first memory of you <laughs> was probably, I guess this was high school when this happened, right? Well, we met in high school, but I had already been into the doors for, uh, the, it came out, I think I was in, I want to say eighth grade when it came out, okay. if I recall correctly. Came out, what year? Ninety one. Oh, so, so we started high school year. in in August of ninety one, and I was right. in eighth grade because this was in March. So this was a few months before we started high school. Okay, gotcha. So yeah, the uh, uh, my my first memory of you was involving the Doors. You were the Doors guy. <laughs> um, the like, Doors guy. <laughs> I had a I was a, a eventual metalhead, um, but it was started off with like glam metal, which was kind of for me like pop metal, and. What, and then, so, like, there was, like, the scary metalhead guys that sat at the back of the pep rallies and stuff, and I was, and then it occurred to me that, yeah, (laughs) then it occurred to me that not all of them were were super scary, and, uh, and actually, this kind of ties into mine, which I'll, I guess I'll revisit when we do my little thing. Yours very much ties, by the way. Yeah. Um, so I remember, like, very distinctly meeting you, and I was like... Metalheads aren't dumbass beavis and butthead people. They are because I, you know, we talked about whatever, and it wasn't just huh, huh, that sucks. You know, that was it was. I was like, okay, I can be whatever. friends with these people because, like, yeah, like, 
watching all of the after school specials, it's like, oh, the metalheads are going to immediately tell me that I needed to start doing drugs and they're going to force me into Correct. it. Correct. To this day, I've no one's ever pushed drugs on me. Like, that was always the, if someone tries to make you do drugs, say this. And if they keep on trying, walk away. I'm like, most people are like, hey, do you want some? No, I'm good. Okay, good. Yeah, that shit was expensive anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get the fuck out of here. I was hoping you'd say no. <laughs> <laughs> this, bra- this brownie was $15. You really can't have it. I would have probably not given it to you, so I'm glad you said no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just being polite. <laughs> yeah. We could be friends if you want, because you're not. I know you're not going to eat my my punk <laughs> um, But anyway, no. So that it's just it's one of those things. Um, as I, as I'm sure I've told you, um, due to my my father uh, having you know kidneys pro- kidney problems, he and him being unable to walk long distances or upstairs, uh, I got to ride in a freight elevator with Ray Manzarek, and that which, that does sound familiar. Yes. Yeah, at the House of Blues, which is no longer there yeah. on the Sunset Strip. Um, and you met a lot of I cool people. Like, Remember when you were backstage at Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young? That is true. <laughs> That's true. I can't talk about it. You're going to make me upset. Okay, moving on. When I was when I was when I was introduced <laughs> on Neil Young's tour bus. <laughs> okay. To the to the band Rammstein for the first okay, time. I've had enough. He's like, okay. I <laughs> where he's like, you need to watch these guys. They're German, but they're cool. And I was like. Okay, you're Neil Young. <laughs> you're the one who got me backstage at like 311 and Me First and all those bands. Like, <laughs> I can't do it. I was Let's cool. Let's just move on. I was yeah, cool yeah, once. Yeah, I'm once. not any once. Take, taking not tequila anymore. shots with uh, with uh, uh what's Fat his Mike. Fat Mike from No Effects. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah. Well, Billy Joe peed on my friend's Mustang. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess uh, since we are talking about music, I guess should I go now? Sure. Yeah, because okay. this dovetails nicely. Okay. So I need to. I found some interesting stuff today. Uh, this I wanted to talk about. Uh, Pearl Jam Ten is the album I'm going to talk about. But the the first night I heard it, I'm just going to read a track listing or a uh, the v- videos that Headbangers Ball played. Okay. So Queensrÿche, best well, I hold can. On a second. Real quick. Let me get this straight. This is the night that you first saw, the, heard the song? That I first heard Pearl Jam, yes. How, how the hell do you remember that? How did you figure that out? Well, you'll, 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 you'll. Okay. You are asking the right question at the wrong time, Sorry. sir. No, I feel like one um, of my students. He will they, get there. Relax. They, they, I feel like my students, they do the same thing to me. It makes me nuts. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Queensryche, best I can. So, okay, we got uh, Kicks, Girl Money, <laughs> Tesla, Edison's Medicine, Motley Crue, Primal Scream. L.A. Guns, Kiss My Love Goodbye. You kind of are seeing a trend this here, right? This is it. This is the tail end of glam music. Yeah, yep. these are the videos they played. Annihilator, The Fun Palace, Testament, Nobody's Fault, Violence, uh, or, yeah, I don't even know what that is, uh, Violence, World in the World, Megadeth, Go to Dude, Hell. even you saying these songs, I can tell what time of night it is. Yeah. Megadeth, it wasn't until after midnight. Yep. Skid Row, Slave to the Grind. Bullet Boys, Talk to Your Daughter, White Trash, which is like a southern band, Apple Pie, Pearl Jam, Alive. So sitting on my floor in my my bedroom, watching on one of those little tiny, possibly color TVs, but the picture sucked, Headbangers Ball, and this song came on. And it sounded like nothing I had heard before. It was a, And it was Headbangers Ball, so it was a Saturday night. I was like, what the hell is this? And 
you hear it and it wasn't DVR, couldn't go backwards. It was, did I just hear that um, song? So I remembered the name, I wrote it down. The next day, my I actually had to work. And I put this up on our thing, um, our Twitter page and stuff. So some of the story might sound familiar if you are on that. Uh, at Give Me Five Pod on Twitter. Anyway, um, I went to the Walmart near my house. They had a very small CD collection and I or selection, and I found the CD. Now, buying a CD back then for my well, I had my three dollars and seventy five cent an hour job was basically a week's work, one CD. So I was like, oh, should I buy this thing? You know, I don't. I only heard that one song, so on and so forth. So I bought it. I had to work later that day. I sat down in front of my stereo, put the CD on, and it was. And I ended up being late for for, for work, which at that time freaked me out because I never had done it before. You know, just a 15-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get fired, whatever, because I sat there so engrossed in this album straight through that I just forgot. that. I, and I was like, oh, shit, I got to go to work. And I just went to work or I had my parents drive me there. And I got to the parking lot. I looked down. I had not put on – I was wearing, like, jeans. It was Publix, so you had to wear, like, slacks. And I was wearing, like, regular tennis shoes. I was like – and my boss got pissed off. I had to go back home to change my clothes. Mm. So the album literally <laughs> put me in this different world. That's funny. Yeah. So, of course, that album is Pearl Jam 10. And just to introduce you guys to – not you guys. I know you know enough. Uh, the people out there listening who might be maybe younger, maybe just don't know the history. Uh, Pearl Jam was actually a few other bands before. Uh, Green River started off. In the 1980s, then of course that broke up, and some of the members formed a band called Mother Love Bone. Uh, Andrew Wood, Jeff Ament, Greg Gilmore, Stone Gossard, Bruce Fairweather, and Regan Hagar. Uh, they were kind of the it band in Seattle. Mother Love Bone was right before their album was supposed to come out. Uh, the lead singer Andrew Wood, who was the like flashy David Bowie esque glam type singer, but he was like, but he was like the sad version. Yeah. Yeah, he he died of a heroin overdose. Um, he was um, Chris Cornell from Soundgarden's roommate, actually, at the time. Uh, the band splits up, and basically Stone Gossard, the guitarist, and Jeff Ament, the bass player, were like, we were so close, we finally got a, a record deal, this happened, we're just going to go back to blue-collar jobs, and that's it. Uh, but Stone Gossard actually kind of continued playing music, and he met up with a dude named Mike McCready, who was definitely more of a flashy... Uh, I want I, kind of an arena rock guitarist. So they're playing. They convince Jeff Ament, the bass player, to come back on. And they're playing, and they're like, wow, these tracks actually sound pretty good. Uh, they send that. They make a tape, five songs. They send it down to a buddy in San Diego named Jack Irons, who was the drummer for what band, Omar? The Red Hot Chili Peppers. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm. Red Hot Chili Peppers had this groupie. Uh, and by the way, if you're Pearl Jam people out there and I'm truncating stuff or messing stuff up, uh, I get it. Just, I know the story. I'm just trying to cut out stuff. Anyway, they, they had this groupie who was like, who was basically just going there and like helping them unload their gear and chili peppers were kind of on the way up and he was just helping out. Groupie. Uh, groupie he got a hold of this Rudy. tape. Yeah. Uh, he was, a, he was a surfer. Uh, he was a night security dude at like a gas station or a petroleum company or something. And he got a hold of this tape, went sur- listened to it, went surfing, came back, and wrote a bunch of lyrics and sent it back up. Uh, they heard it, and they were like, oh, shit. Uh, the tape is known as the Mama Kin tape, or the, what was it, uh, 
Yeah, that's the, right. The uh, Ma- Mama Son. Mama Son. Mama Son. That's right. Yeah. Mama, Mama Kin is Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a uh, Mama Son M A M A S A N, but is really Mama Son, and it had three songs on it that he recorded. One was the song "Alive," which is the one I ended up hearing. Uh, one song called "Once," which is the first song on the album Ten, and a song called "Footsteps," which ended up being a B-side album. Uh, it, the three songs together are a. The first song is a pretty spot-on story of this guy's life, where basically the true story of Eddie Vedder is that he had a person who was he thought was his father. They also had a family friend that was always around. That family friend passed away, and right around that time, the mother's like, "Yeah, actually, he is your father." And so he never got to say goodbye to his father. Um, and there's a bunch more to that, and you can figure it out in the lyrics. Um, the other two songs are basically a psychotic break, which is not true, where he imagines like going on a killing rampage and going to the electric chair as a result of his like brain fracturing. But that's a whole other story. Interesting thing, Footsteps, what other song did that become? Oh, it was, uh, it was a four-walled world or... Uh, off of off of uh, Temple of the Dog, yeah. <clears throat> it was uh, the one about shooting heroin. Actually, it was um, when the need yeah. Um, now I can't remember it either. Yeah. Oh my god! It, I think it is Four World War. No, 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 it's not. It's okay. um. Well, you looked that up. It, I, yeah, while god I ramble. I can't remember now. <laughs> so, times of trouble. After this time, that's what it is. Times of trouble. Um. That's a whole other story, which it's not really for this because the fact that that song was actually had two different lyric groupings was because all of these bands are very close. And after the the friend of the bands died or the one of the band members died, they got together and wrote a bunch of stuff for uh, Temple of the Dog, which and the bands got together to record an album for him. And it was supposed to just be like a healing thing. And when all of these bands blew up at the same time, they're like, okay, well, maybe this needs to be released as well. And it's such a great that's, record. Holy crap. That's yeah, it is. Uh, so anyway, this, this album, I picked it up. It blew my mind. Uh, there are three very distinct memories other than the ones I've talked about that is why it sticks in my head. Uh, one of which was that same song, Alive. My, my father was on, we talked about kidneys and, having just mere minutes ago me talking about why he couldn't go upstairs and stuff he had to randomly travel to tampa and i we went with him and i remember i I had my walkman and we were at like this weird little like off it wasn't like in the hospital it was like next to the hospital where they were testing my father for like if he could get a kidney transplant kind of stuff so i'm i was they were just doing a consultation. I was sitting in the actual, like, chair. Um, I think it actually was, like, a... It had been a dentist's office or something, but it hadn't been converted yet. And I just remember very distinctly seeing my mom and dad talking to this doctor, looking dismayed that he wasn't able to get a kidney transplant for some reason, and, or that it was going to be really hard to find him one, mm-hmm. while the song was playing in my ears. So it was, like, a soundtrack to it. And I remember very distinctly that, and looking at they had stripped the office out. So like all of the counters even had like the metal rims that were like around the holes cut into things for like garbage cans and stuff were like gone. And it was, just, it was just something that stands out. Like I see that office every single time I hear the song. Hmm. Wow. But at the same time, when I started seeing them live, no pun intended there. 
that song is a celebration. So it's this song about a terrible thing that happened, but, and he wrote it about a terrible thing that happened, but he said that the fans to him made it be a good situation because it was all of this terrible shit happens, but you're still alive. And he said that every time they play that song and the lights go on and everyone's hands go up in the air and the like V like I'm still alive kind of thing that is like, Hey, shit happens, but we're still alive. Let's keep going kind of thing. And it's like, so I was like, wow, that's kind of the way I felt. I was listening to the song and heard this bad stuff and whatever. So that was like the big one that other than like hearing it the first time, but the other two were, were kind of weird ones. Uh, one was after a field trip. We went on a field trip in high school. I don't know if you guys went to um, the By Me Sea Aquarium. Um, I don't know that I've ever actually been to that. Okay. Well, either way, because of it, it was one of those field trips that you got home late. So the bus actually kind of dropped you off like in a different place than normal. Mm-hmm. So I, again, was listening to that and the, the song Garden came on. And it was weird because the opening has this like really kind of noodly, nice, really soft, kind of cool guitar. And it was weird because it was one of those windy days where you can actually see the grass twisting back and forth. And you can see the like the other side of the grass, you know, where it's like a different color as it was blowing. And it was like moving to the music. I was like, oh, wow, I like this song too. Because normally like, I don't know, when you first. <laughs> I'm picturing Greg listening to this album. And having it be like the intro to like Dawson's Creek or some shit, it pretty much was. <laughs> where, <laughs> where he's got this this um, thing playing in the background, and you know he's just staring no, no, like at a vo- landscapes a and shit. <laughs> yeah, there's like a voiceover. Yeah, <laughs> it was a time of sadness and a time of joy, and it was a time of hope. And then a young and boy's life. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was the, it. Was just like it's a weird one, but it was just like. The reason why that one stood out is because that's like a later song. And the last one is, is a little naughty. Just a little yes. naughty, though. Kind of like Greg. Uh, Lead with that next time, damn it. <laughs> oh, sorry. <Yeah>. You. <laughs> well, I wanted to end with it to put you guys in a, in a good mood. <clears throat> Fair enough. On that one. but it's uh, So I went on a trip around this time uh, to Marco Island. And I went with a girl. A girl that we know, but I won't say her name. Was it a first date? Well, it did was, you flee uh, from the police? <laughs> I was de- I was definitely in the friend zone. Was her name Tom? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> for na- for now, we will just refer to her as Ramo. Oh shit, Ramo. How you doing? <laughs> How you doing, baby? <laughs> that that's a no. little inside joke. That was that's my name backwards, and that that was that yes. was my nickname for a while. Whenever you had your hair slicked down like Bart Simpson going to church. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> no, so I, I, it was weird because I think I was a freshman in high school and my parents were going on this trip and I had this best friend who was a girl and it was like a crazy thing for me because I had been a super nerd before and now this like cute girl was going to go hang out at the beach with me. And I very distinctly remember it, we one night we went to the, the pub that was in the, the lobby of this resort and... I could barely hear music, and I'm like, what is this song? Like, this is awesome. And I was just, it was, everything was happening in slow motion. I'm like, what? I, I know this. And it's it's another Dawson's Creek thing. And A 90s you know, was, teen movie. Yeah, well, yeah, I was, you know, I was falling for the girl that, that uh, didn't, do, uh, yeah, that wasn't happening. Probably for the best, but definitely Don't for the best. Me. No, I think of it. <laughs> and it was the song Release. 
but it's like oh, it, yeah. it's at the very end of the album. It's very mellow. So like hearing this as a bar is closing up, possibly actually the first time I'd ever been in a bar, to be honest. Uh, it was just, I don't know. It was like that, those three like things. And it was like, yeah, that pretty much solidified is my little solidified. And it, yeah. So that was, that's, that is why uh, Pearl Jam 10 kind of stuck in my head. Uh, just for a little bit of news, all of this stuff was 30 fucking years ago. That's insane. That's and insane. It's, and it's like, it was, it was like it was yesterday. Like literally that album came out 30 years ago on the 27th. Um, they just had the anniversary. There is, um, if you have the opportunity, if you don't want to hear it, or if you want to hear it or whatever, if you have um, any of the major streaming services, specifically Apple, they just did a, um, like a Dolby remix of it that got released for the anniversary for free. So like when you listen to it, it's like, it's as, almost as good as listening to it on vinyl. You hear everything. It's so good. Mm. Um, so definitely I would check that out, especially if you have like um, like good headphones. It's it's very, very good. So you can listen to that and think of me getting shot down by the by the first girl I had a crush well, on. Not the first girl I had a crush on. but One of them. One of the first. And not even the first one to shoot me down, to be honest. <laughs> hey, we've all been there. Because the first girl he had a crush on was his mother. No, it was Princess Leia, jackass. <laughs> I think that goes for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think anybody who grew up in, in our uh, age range. I yeah. real quick thing. I remember thinking. I remember at the same time um, when Ten was pretty new as a record. I was on. I was in the car with Greg. Remember? Well, you you both probably remember my old best friend at the time, who will go nameless. Um, and then another buddy of ours, and we were we were in a car. I remember who was who was driving. I was in the back seat, and Ten was on. I think somebody had the CD or the cassette. I don't remember. And I remember listening, and I think it happened to be Jeremy at the time that was playing in the car. And I laid down. Jeremy spoke. Yeah, exactly. See, Rob even knows it, right? I mean, I remember laying down in the car and listening to it. I think it was in the, I was in the backseat. I think I laid down. And I remember just hearing all of, you know, there's a lot of, especially in that song, the whole record, really. But there's a lot of layers. There's a lot of tracks in that song. There's a lot of sounds and stuff that you and a different bass, too, because he was using a fretless bass. He was absolutely using a fretless bass in that record. But I remember listening to it thinking, this is fucking amazing. Like, this song is so good. There's so many layers and sounds. And it's just the... Give me more of that brownie. Dude, the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the like, guitar and, and, and the way that the, the sounds were, like, weaving in and out with, like, the vocals and the drum. It was just fucking mind-blowing and i remember thinking god damn like how do people write like how do people do this and that was my second maybe second or third real realization another one is like same i had similar with like the doors you know and this was not that long after this is actually the 10 came out the same year as the doors out uh movie but um it, it was just it was just fucking incredible and i used to go to bed with headphones on because we had like disc mans remember those things um yeah. And I would just go to sleep listening to that. And then when, like, uh, when Versus, their second album came out even. Like, I remember going to sleep and just listening to the song Rats. And there's so many layers. And you're just, it was just fucking incredible. Like, that is not an easy song to fall asleep uh, to. But, I, but that was the whole point, is I wasn't, like, trying to fall asleep. I was just, like, listening in the dark because I could absorb all the sounds, you know? And this is when I started playing music. and th So, like, there was a lot going on. But I just remember 10 just being such a... God, what a ridiculous album. And that's their debut. Like, that's that's where they started. 
Like mm-hmm. that's it to, to this day. It blows my mind. Oh, real quick. The day that yield came out, I also was late to work. <laughs> I went and bought it and I, I was in, we were in, uh, I was at UCF. We were in college already. And I was just sitting there in my dorm, like not in the dorm, but like I was in the apartments across from UCF. And I was like, I don't care that I'm late. <laughs> I just sat there listening to that record over and over again. I was like an hour and a half late to work. I don't know how I didn't get fired, but I didn't give a shit. Like I couldn't even care. It was so good. It was just so like mind blowing. But uh, anyway, please tell me you didn't tell them that you were late because you were listening. No, to I didn't say ago. that I was like sitting on my floor in the bedroom of my of my college apartment. Like, yeah, I know I needed to bust those tables, but have you ever heard Given the Fly? That's funny. That's exactly it's right. transcendent. I, I, that's right. I was a waiter <laughs> at, like, this little, you know, fairly well-known diner in Orlando that's all the way in South Florida, too, so I'm not going to, you know. But, yeah, I didn't care. I didn't give a shit. It was just so good. Nice. <sighs> wow. Good time. Well, since we've told you guys out there a little bit of our lives, we now, we now are going to ex- – Rob is going to explain to you why he is, in fact, a pretty, pretty princess. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I, I didn't actually read what you were on the notes that I, is that what I was supposed to say no but that's alright oh you dick um, I'm, well, I'm gonna talk a little bit print the of, legend print the legend I, I'm gonna talk a little bit about my favorite movie and I, I think this has come up more than once but I and I've touched on it briefly multiple times but I'm gonna talk about the princess bride um, it, the movie did actually come out in October of 87 and it's directed by Rob Reiner. It, it does star, uh, Carrie Ells, Robin Wright, uh, Fred Savage, Peter Falk, Mandy Patankin, Andre the Giant, Wallace Shawn, Chris Sarandon, Christopher Guest. It's got cameos by Billy Crystal and Carol, Carol Kane. Um, also has Mel Smith in it. Um, just a quick synopsis is the, uh, while homesick in bed, a young boy's grandfather reads in the story of a farm boy turned pirate who encounters numerous obstacles, enemies, and allies in his quest to be reunited with his true love. So, that being said, when someone asks me what the movie is about, I mean, I always kind of chuckle a little bit and recite a line from the movie itself, you know, where Fred Savage is talking to his grandfather, who's played by Peter Falk, if the book has any sports in it, you know, because he's concerned about it being a kissing book. And the grandfather replies with, are you kidding? Fencing, fighting, torture, revenge, giants, monsters, chases, escapes, true love, miracles. You know, th- this movie has always held a special place in my heart. It, since since the first time I saw it, I am I, pretty sure that since the first time I saw it, it has always been given as the answer to the what is your favorite movie question. You know, some you, inevitably somebody asks you, what's your, what's your favorite movie? This has always been my answer, and I think Greg can actually attest to that. Because it's it's been since high school. I've answered that question for you. <laughs> and, I, and I know that some of our listeners can even answer that as well. Um, the movie really just has... What was it before, what was it before that movie? Honestly, I have no idea. It's been that for so long. I don't even remember what it was before that. Oh, you know what? I think I, I, I think I can answer that, but we'll get to that in a minute. I think I have a guess too. Can I guess? Sure. Uh, that dragon movie, the cartoon, an- the animated movie we watched. No. Ah, okay. Um. 
Like I was saying, I mean, the movie has something for everyone. Uh, can I can I interrupt for one moment? Not what? just this is on this is on by on behalf. Sorry, hold your thought. On behalf of our our patrons, uh, the dinging that you hear in the background uh, on one of your guys' phones that is not turned off. It's not mine. Uh, is, my, my sound's down. I've been checking. Uh, I'm, okay, well, I'm, he- I'm hearing someone's uh, dinging. That is uh, Jubal's. Uh, frantically asking questions on our patron only chat. That's me, and I don't know how to turn the notification off on my computer because that's my computer that's making that noise. Uh, gotcha. So, Jubals, you are ruining the show, and you should feel ashamed of yourself. Jubals, keep texting, buddy. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So, I, I mean, I would classify this movie as a romantic comedy, but it's also one of those movies that kind of seemed to move its location around Blockbuster while I worked there. <laughs> Um, you know, sometimes it was in the action section, sometimes it was in the comedy section, sometimes it was romantic comedy. I think once I even found it in drama. And I was what? Like, well, that doesn't really fit, but, you know, whatever. Um, I think a lot of people just didn't know where to classify this movie. I mean, I classify it as a romantic comedy. Um, but it it really just kind of hits the sweet spot as far as my personality is concerned. Uh, I mean, it doesn't hurt that it's a great movie to begin with. Um, it it. It does have, you know, people, it, it has its detractors, but the, I, in my opinion, they're in the vast minority. This is one of those movies that, that most people just seem to enjoy. Perhaps they don't enjoy it, enjoy it as much as I do, but, you know, it's still, it's still a great movie, and I do take every opportunity to recommend it. And one of the interesting things for me about the movie is that it, it actually is the screenplay or the the screen adaptation was actually written by the author of the book. So William Goldman actually wrote the screenplay and the novel. Yes, it is a book and yes, I recommend that as well. But that is that is probably one of the reasons why many people cite that it's a word for word adaptation from the novel. And I wouldn't go that far. But it is one of the closest translations of a novel to movie that I can think of. Really? I, I didn't know that. Yeah. There, there are there are definitely a lot of scenes that are in fact word for word from the novel, huh. and it's it if you've if you've seen the movie and you go and read the book, you can actually picture the scene in your head as it's happening. It's I mean it's that close. It's like oh my god, this, okay. Um, and if you've read the book first and then watched the movie, you'll recognize a lot of the stuff from the book. And one of the weird things for me is it, that I, I'm really kind of enamored with this time period. Um, I, I love time period movie or period pieces, I guess is what you would call them. Uh, two of two of the big ones that jump to mind are Braveheart and Rob Roy, both both excellent movies in their own right. That was a uh, Liam um, Neeson, right? Yeah. Liam Neeson was Rob Roy. Yeah, I very distinctly remember Rob Roy being something about climbing into a dead animal. There was that, yeah. There was that. He he climbed into a, a dead um, yak or something. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I never saw that movie. Big f- I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm aware big of it, but I never saw it. It's well, very good. It, it was overshadowed because it came out at the same time as Braveheart did. Oh god! And it was right. about the it was about the same type of topic. So, I mean, Braveheart rightly got a lot more publicity and a lot more uh, a lot more media coverage than Rob Roy did. But Rob Roy was an excellent movie okay. in its own right. 
And if you haven't seen it, Omar, I, I if and you like those types of movies, oh, I, I strongly recommend you check it's, it out. If you are a, a living and a dead animal aficionado, it's mm-hmm. gotten the scene for well, you. Like that, Empire Strikes Back. I was just going to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... But you know that that time period has always has always held a special interest for me. I mean, even with like the Arthurian adaptations, you know, some of them are better than others. But and and even even going a little further out to movies like Gladiator that involve like ancient Rome. Love it. Um, and, and in fact, my love for the time period is also one of the reasons that I absolutely hated A Knight's Tale when it came out. Really, I I hated A Knight's Tale. And past tense or still do past tense. Yes. Uh, it, it is a movie that has really grown on me. Okay. And once, you know, once I could let go that it wasn't like a real depiction of, you know, the time period. Because right, they're like dancing to sh- David Bowie songs. So it doesn't. It, well, and in the very beginning at the, at the jousting competition, the, all the spectators were chanting, we will. That, rock that's you. right. It was queen. That's right. <laughs> yep. I'm like, I'm like, Oh my God. So when I first saw it, I was kind of disgusted. Um, but once I was able to let that go and realize that huge liberties were taken, I, I was able to appreciate it for what it is. And it's actually a very enjoyable movie. Um, and I actually had similar feelings with uh, Hercules, Disney's Hercules. I really did not like the the gospel music initially. So you like it when in, it, with those time with those period pieces, you like authenticity. Mm-hmm. Like you really want authenticity. I, I, I don't disagree. To, to an extent, to an extent. I mean, there, there are. I, I can make some allowances, but um, you know, having having a period piece like that, and then having a spaceman come down because that'll be cool. You know, I'm like, oh god. Was on. there actually any like any music back in ancient Greece? Yes. Like, I thought you. Yeah. If you like, yeah, if you enjoyed yourself, you were forced to drink hemlock or something. <laughs> no. no. There, there, there has. <laughs> uh, they had, they had loot. No, wait, loot was the. No loot. That was works. much later. No. I think that was yeah. same time. Liars. And as dudes. soon as, as soon as man figured out that he could make noise by beating on an empty skull, we've had music. Ah, excellent. Which I intend Thank to you. do with Greg. <laughs> this week. And then Stay we will drink wine from his yep. empty skull. <laughs> we will. Stay tuned for episode uh, side B, <laughs> in which the theme song was it was being played on Greg's skull with a uh... and and this 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 movie actually played a really big part in in my formative years um it, my mom always told me that I was born in the wrong century um i mean don't get me wrong i i love technology and modern medicine and and indoor plumbing it's going to be big um <laughs> But I've always been fascinated by the Middle Ages. And and oddly enough, I, I kind of believe that's where my love of redheads comes from. No comment. <sighs> we sure we share that. <laughs> um it and it took me it took me a long time to figure out why that is. Um Omar, do you do you have any guesses as a as a fellow lover of redheads? Uh they're just beautiful. I don't know. Because <laughs> someone put a I don't know. on YouTube. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Well, think about. Did you anger a mermaid at some point? I, I, I'm a think fan about of women. Any, period. Like just in general. Any time you've ever seen some kind of artist depiction of that time period that has a female in the picture, what color is her hair? That's a really good point. I never really realized that until just now. Until you said that, I, and it's I honestly say, never occurred to me. 
I would say probably ninety percent of the time. I mean, of the time. agreed. There there are exceptions, but probably ninety percent of the time she's going to be redhead or like a strawberry blonde. Why is that? Do you know? Like, is that like there's? I a... I do not. I huh. do not. But but thinking back on it, because I had that that was one of the other things I was going to get to is that um you know you know all um all kids have posters of of women in their in their bedrooms as they're growing up. You know, the, I well, may or may not have that right now. I'm not saying. <laughs> yeah, well, but as as I reached as I reached middle school and got like into the high school high school ages and whatnot, the the posters in my room gradually were replaced with artist depictions of knights and maidens. You know, I I had artwork instead of like the 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 posters and whatnot. Interesting. Um, and. And so I've always been been fascinated with that, and and so I I was always surrounded by these pictures of this time period, and like like I said, like ninety percent of them were all redheads. So I mean, I kind of think that's where my my love for that comes from, and and then of course ask ask Greg about my weapon collection. <laughs> anyway, uh, I believe I can't get the link to open up all that much, but a little part of it is if you're actually talking about art that is not modern but mm-hmm. actual old art uh, a lot of it is some it's done by the same people and that very so well the, uh so that's one part of it but if you look there's a um, this is actually a really interesting article which i can send you um that basically says that uh um where is it that red hair uh was was considered deviant and um, a lot of the art from that oh. time period was the the women were trying to entice, mm. so they would they would use red hair. Um, yeah, everything for and there's there's a bunch of pictures. I have to you know it's a very long article mm-hmm. on uh, artsy.net. So it was like um, the equivalent but, of like a woman showing her ankle in 1915. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I know. Sorry, I didn't mean to get you guys all riled up. I apologize. But um, <laughs> the, basically, the, the the kicker of the article is redheads have always been considered to be beautiful or barbaric, saintly or sinister. So it works for everything that the artist is trying to say. Right. Interesting. So, and they're all four of those things. From yeah. What I've heard. So, the at at about the time this movie is coming out is I'm really starting to develop a lot of those interests in that time period, and I think that's one of the reasons why I connected so strongly with this movie. But as as Greg pointed out, I I I think it actually you know thinking about it, I think it may have started a little bit sooner than that because my mom has told me stories about my favorite movie as a young child. Yeah, and you know every kid has that movie that they latch onto and pretty much wear the tape out. Um, Greg, uh, Omar, quick, what what are your kids? What were your kids' favorite movies? You know the ones that. That they wanted to watch until you almost wanted to Wait, kill yourself. Wait, my own kids? Yeah. Uh, Finding Nemo was was the big one when he was very little. Mm-hmm. One of my daughters doesn't particularly care. The other one, um, the there was a movie called Racing Stripes. With uh, okay, like it was live action, but it was like the characters. A lot of the characters were like different animals, and Racing Stripes refers to a zebra who runs in a horse race. Mm-hmm. And she just used to watch the scenes with the zebra, like training, kind of like a Rocky montage, you know, mm-hmm. zebra yeah, montage, over and over again. She just loved it. I mean, she would just stare, and I would watch. It. I would play it like fifteen times in a row for her. She just wouldn't. She would just want more. 
But just that movie that you just yep. wouldn't stop watching. We used, we used to always skip the beginning, the first track on the Finding Nemo DVD so that he wouldn't see the the mom get yeah. in because he was very young. The uh, Barracuda then time, attack. Then, yeah, then, then one time I forgot when he was about two. That was a day. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, Dad, what the fuck, man? What are you doing? What are you doing? This isn't in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't Is this like a director's cut or like, what, what are you doing? Is this the Zack Snyder rocking cut? Back, rocking back and forth and I could hear like riders on the storm playing. <laughs> oh my God. Well, my movie when I was a kid was the 1981 Harry Hamlin movie, Clash of the Titans. Okay. Oh, jeez. Gotcha. So my mom tells me that, that that was the movie that she could go to if she just needed two hours of quiet time. Because, she, you know, she'd put that on and I would plop myself in front of the TV and be absolutely still until the movie finished. One of the things I was going to guess was Excalibur, with, also with Liam Neeson, actually, which was around the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah, no, mine was Clash of the Titans with the little clockwork owl and... Yep. and uh, the claymation Ray dinosaurs Harryhausen. and shit. Yeah. Yep. Claymation dinosaurs Good, good and shit. stop motion, by the way. On a, uh, yeah, on Medusa. Like stop motion yeah, Medusa. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. And that was in 81, and that was decent. That was really good stop motion. Mm-hmm. Nothing like that Sound of Thunder bullshit. Uh, all I can say is that's the most referred to movie <laughs> in, a, in very many months. <laughs> so you're welcome. <laughs> oh. He's not wrong. <laughs> But so so you know, Princess Bride really holds a a special place in my heart, and it it is probably one that I will continue to love. You know, as I continue to age, because it, it it the movie actually does age very well. There's not a whole lot of um, of I don't think there's a whole lot of dated effects in it. Nah. Um, it's it, it's just really enjoyable. That's one of those movies yeah. that, like, you know, the, you know, you always remember like movie covers. You know, I mm-hmm. remember that one and the title all the way back in the early blockbuster video, and before that, here here in our town, um, there was Video Extron, <laughs> and I mm-hmm. remember seeing that 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 cover. You know, and but I didn't see the movie. I think until honestly, the first time I think I saw the movie was in college, so like late late nineties. And I just remember thinking, this movie's hilarious. This is, like, great. This is, like, like the first time I ever watched it, I just thought it was so funny. And you're right about it. Every time you watch it, for me, I haven't seen it. I'm sure I have not seen it as many times as you have. But every time mm-hmm. I watch it, it's like, you kind of pick up something new. There's some little joke or some little nuance of, like a like, a character thing or, like, do you find that? Is it just me? Um... Or like maybe maybe it's me change like you said maybe it's me like kind of growing up and like seeing a different angle of it maybe that's what it is I don't know and and that's entirely possible I mean I've seen it so many times I I it's been a while since I've noticed anything new in the that's, movie but that's yeah that's fair that's fair um but it's just there's so many quotable lines um I mean I I can actually recite the movie when I watch it with people who haven't seen it before I have to consciously tell myself to. <laughs> not recite the movie as it's going because I've had people look over at me and go, shut up. Ruin lots of first dates. Yeah. Yeah. So. Great movie though. But that's, that's, that's that, a great yeah. movie. It, and, I, and I don't think Greg's ever seen it. What? Uh, All the way through. 
I fall asleep all the time at the same part. Which part no, is it that I, you fall asleep in? Uh, the poisoning or, or when he's dead. With the poison and they like, switch the... The Iocane powder or when, when he dies? When Wesley when he dies. dies. When Wesley oh, dies. Oh, okay. And that. he goes to the pit of despair. Yeah, like I always fall asleep. Which is why the last time we watched it, I stayed standing up in the kitchen so I didn't fall asleep. So I have actually seen it all the way through. Oh, okay. Excellent. Um, Omar, you're a fan of the movie, right? Yeah. So I've got a trivia question for uh, you because I ask everybody who's who's a fan of this movie the trivia question. Yeah, okay. What is Count Rugen's first name? I, I I don't know. I can tell you right off. I don't know. They only say it once in the entire I, movie. I don't know. Lawrence. It's Tyrone. Ty- Tyrone Rugen's? Tyrone Rugen, yep. That's pretty cool. <clears throat> And it's the scene where That's it's awesome. the scene where Prince Humperdinck is going down into the pit to start Wesley on the machine. <laughs> or no, I'm sorry, Count Rugen is going into the pit to start Wesley on the machine, and he asks Humperdinck if he's coming. And Humperdinck looks at him and goes, "Tyrone, you know how much I love to watch you work." <laughs> oh, I remember that line. That you know how much I love to watch you work. Oh my god, that's so funny. It didn't occur. Yeah. It didn't. Never clicked. But I've me. got my country's 500th anniversary to plan, my wedding to arrange, my wife to murder, and Gilder to frame for it. I'm swamped. That's really funny. That's hilarious. Tyrone, that's funny. I, I it never, I, just, I, I can't believe I never caught that. Like, maybe I drink a lot, so who knows? <laughs> well, I, I think oh, that'll sorry. close us out. Yeah. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the contact information. This was, as we said, our 200th episode, uh, side A. We've got a 200th episode, side B, coming up. Uh, I believe it will be available on Monday. We're going to have a very special guest. Uh, he is the publisher, or he, I guess he, I guess you are a publisher if you own a publishing company. He is the publisher of Rough House Publishing who, that does horror comics, horror novels. Uh, we've uh, talked about actually to one of their authors who does, I guess, is that a fantasy novel, Mark of the Witchworm? Um, um I'd, I'd classify it as sci-fi fantasy, yeah. So, we've got, uh, we talked to the author, but now we're going to talk to the publisher. He is a friend of the show, he's a listener of the show, his name is Derek Rook, and he is uh, going to join us uh, to talk about Escape from New York, which is actually another one of those things that kind of changed my my worldview on movies and he was the one that introduced it to me many many years ago so when you're the one who introduced uh, it to him me. yeah so we're gonna talk about escape from new york in our side b episode so definitely track that down the interview will all end it's really it's not gonna be an interview it's gonna be a conversation because we're like friends uh but it should be fun also he's probably going to give me shit for my terrible boston accent i did like five episodes ago because <laughs> he's because he's from boston and he's already called me out on it while boston. i was texting him about this yeah <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna fat your fucking face <laughs> he's gonna destroy remember you can listen to side uh episode 200 side a or side b in your car as you're driving down the highway yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> uh just don't pack in the yacht <laughs> He's going to end my life. I'm going to die. So you can check that out sooner than later. Or you can also check us out on GiveMe5Podcast.com. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give5Podcast. Every single time I say the word five, I'm spelling it out, F-I-V-E. But it would sound weird if I say the Give5Me Podcast. That would be weird. Uh, You can check us out Twitter and Instagram, Give5Pod. Right now, on our Instagram page, do you know what is there? A picture of a kitten. 
trying to play uh, Super Smash Brothers. Well, I don't want to miss probably that. winning. Yeah. Yeah. And kicking my ass at it. <clears throat> uh, if you want to send us any messages, give me five podcasts at gmail.com. We definitely have gotten some new uh, reviews recently, which you, uh, which I thank everyone that leaves a review on whatever podcast provider you're using. So make sure you subscribe and leave a review if you get a chance. And uh, that was 200 episodes, and let's do uh, 200 more. Hell yeah. Nah. Like tomorrow. Just <laughs> tomorrow. <all 200. laughs> and if you're down for 200 more episodes, don't forget to go check out the giveme5podcast.threadless.com where you can get all of your Give Me 5 podcast merchandise. Thank you for listening. To a time where winners Hang a bell. Was it Jim Morrison? Yes! Amazing. Did he have a naked Indian? Yes! Wow. I have to ask you. Didn't you think it was a trifle unnecessary to see the crack in the Indian's bottom? Yes, absolutely! I had the same dream.